Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. On the PR Moment Podcast this week with me, Ben Smith, we're talking to Chris Curtis, Head of Political Polling at Opinion, in the first of a regular slot where we discuss the latest polling trends in UK politics. Before we start, PR Moment's webinar caravan is kicking off again. We've got a programme of eight webinars coming up in September to November, which we'll be launching over the next six weeks or so. Already on the site are PR analytics and LinkedIn as a B2B marketing channel. So do have a look at the homepage of PR Moment where you can see the full programmes. Tickets, as ever, are at the cheap end of affordable, only £40 plus that. And don't forget, if you enjoy the show, you can become a PR Moment podcast patron. Just follow the link on the page where you listen to this podcast. And from just £5 a month, you can join three different patron tiers, the Daily Parker tier, the Chadlington tier, or the Edward Bernays tier. Chris, let's uh, cut straight to the chase, shall we? When do you think Boris is going to go? Well, that really is straight to the chase. Um, I think, I mean, it's really hard to tell because... Like trying to get inside the minds of Conservative MPs is a difficult enough task at the best of times. But their views on Boris Johnson uh, really do astound me quite often. Um, I still think it's more likely than not that they'll get rid of him this year. I think that, you know, this was always going to be a tough period for the Conservative Party. It's midterm. Governments always have midterm blues, but they don't normally have midterm blues that are also associated with a likely recession that we're going to see over the next 12 months. A massive cost of living crisis where for the first time in decades, people are going to see a substantial cut, a substantial cut to their, their quality of life and a substantial increase in their, their cost of living. Yeah, This was always going to be a tough period for the government, particularly a conservative government. But when you start that position with a prime minister who's lost the trust of the British public, it's going to be even tougher still. So we've seen the Conservative Party move behind in the polls. We've seen the Prime Minister fall to the kind of approval ratings that Prime Ministers don't normally come back from. And things could get a lot worse still. So I think given that the Conservative Party are probably going to be looking at polls in six months' time, showing that that, that they're still behind, they're still struggling, and they're going to suddenly start asking questions again about whether this guy's the right man for the job. Um, But just on that, I mean, I was just checking out the latest opinion poll today. Um, which was from, uh, I think, 22nd of June was when I was looking at. Uh, and it's quite surprising. I mean, they're only three, the Tories are only 3% behind, which bearing in mind the, the list of stuff you just um, talked about there, I mean, that's not a bad result for Boris, is it? To only be 3% behind after, after all of that? Well, maybe not. I mean, our, our opinion polls are a little bit more uh, conservative in both the small C and the large C because um, one of the Conservative Party's big problems right now is that a lot of the people who voted for them in 2019 have moved over to undecided. Uh, they've gone off the Conservatives. They haven't quite warmed enough to Labour. Um, and, and depending on how you deal with that, that fact uh, changes what you do, what ends up, ends up happening with the Conservative Party lead. So we um, treat it in a way that means gives the Conservatives a little bit more vote share other people treat it in a way that uh, that actually has a has a much larger lead so if you look at some other posters you'd see large leads at the moment ultimately it's going to come down to what those people who voted conservative at the last election but are currently undecided end up going on to do at the next general election now the thing is the longer this goes on the longer that there is um you know 
a conservative government who people don't like and considers doing badly, I think the more likely it is that those voters are going to go completely off the conservatives and start voting Labour and we'll see that lead increasing, which is, again, another incentive that those conservative MPs will have for deciding that maybe it's time to get rid of Johnson. Uh, is there, in the analysis and the polling that you've done, is there, a, does that group, that undecided group who did, who last time voted Tory, do, do they fit into any particular demographic or is it just a, a random selection of people? Well, I mean, obviously, as always, it's a little bit of everyone, but there is a particularly important voter group right now that people probably aren't talking about enough. I've called them wand voters, which working age, no degree. Basically, you go outside the big cities and you look at those people who are under the age of 65, over the age of, say, 24 or so, uh, but haven't been to university. And they make up a big proportion of voters. They make up an even bigger proportion of voters in those marginal seats that Labour needs to win. And what you what you basically notice is they're the ones who are particularly going off the Conservatives right now. And ultimately, they're the ones who are going to decide the next election. When you add on to that the fact that they're also the most economically insecure voters, you know, they're the kind of people who would struggle to pay the, to have the money kicking around in their current account if their boiler broke tomorrow in order to pay for it, for example. They're the people that are going to be particularly badly hit by the increase in in costs that we're seeing on energy bills, on food bills at the moment. Um, You know, they're, they're the ones that are going to decide the next election. And interestingly, I mean, I don't want to get too too stereotypical here, but uh, but does it all come back to Brexit a little bit? Because as you as you were talking there, I thought they're they're probably the ones who who, who went to the Tories last time around because they because they believed in Brexit, um, and you know that Brexit is another podcast. Let's not go there, right? But but they're they're probably feeling a bit frustrated now because of the way things are going, whether that's because of Brexit or the cost of living and all the other things going on in the world. Yes, exactly. I mean, they're not quite as pro-Brexit as, say, pensioners are, but they're more pro-Brexit than the country as a whole. 58% of them, roughly, uh, voted to leave in the EU referendum. Um, They're what we call cross-pressured voters. So, as you say, they're a little bit more socially conservative, particularly on the issue of Brexit. You know, they they don't care about some of those issues that a lot of university graduates have done. But at the same time, so that's one pressure that's been pushing them towards the Conservatives. But at the same time, what they're seeing and feeling right now is that the Conservatives aren't looking after that economic interest, uh, their economic interest. And when that second question is now becoming a lot bigger than that first question. And that's one of the reasons these voters are moving, moving away from the party. Right. So if the Tory um, MPs were thinking logically when deciding their next leader, that they need to think of somebody who's going to sort that problem out for, 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 for those, those ones, wand um, voters that you described. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think the next election is going to be decided based on which political party can speak to these voters and most convince them that they've got the um, the ability, the plan the, you know, to end up increasing their, the, basically the amount of money in their pocket is as simple as that. You know, the plans have to be achievable, the plans have to be achievable, but it's about getting money into the pockets of those, of those voters who are going to decide the next election. Right, so the economy is going to be, be right up there in terms of votes priorities. Um, just finally, um, rail strikes. Um, I suspect it may be the, the first of a, a number of strikes that we see in the country over the summer and maybe the autumn. Um, what, what are the implications for the Conservatives and the Labour Party in their uh, responses to, to strikes? Yeah, I mean, this has actually surprised me a little bit because um, normally what you get with polling on strikes is that the public oppose it. And that's why the major political parties feel the need to oppose it as well. But actually what we've seen last week happen was the opposite of that. The public were pretty finely balanced. They started the week slightly more opposing the strikes than supporting them. 
But actually, by the end of the week, more people supported strikes than opposed them. And that's quite a rare situation to end up in. I think it probably comes back to the fact that we are living through the cost of living crisis. People have a lot of sympathy uh, for those striking voters. Many people wish that they could strike themselves to get higher wages right now because they're really feeling that pinch. And that means it's very, very hard for the Conservatives to turn around and, you know, attack evil, greedy union bosses or evil, greedy rail workers, because most people are looking at them and going, no, they're feeling the pinch because I'm feeling the pinch as well. And that's why the Conservatives are, are sort of really struggling to weaponise this anti-union argument in the way that they have done in the past. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, if inflation's 11, 10, 11%, and you're only offering a pay rise of 3%, you, it's very difficult to justify, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not just railway workers. We're going to see this. We're going to see this from workers right across the public sector, and to be honest with you, across wide parts of the private sector as well over the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Curtis, um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.